0: slash report i'm prue and i'm joined by my partner in crime mk hello hi so this is our much requested frequently desired sort of catch-up wrap-up post um we're going to talk about a lot of shows that we've touched on in the past um answer a bunch of your questions and uh basically do some house cleaning here
1: yeah i think it'll be good and you guys will either be satisfied or hate us forever which, those are obviously the only
0: two types of feelings people have for us. There's nothing in between. No,
1: there's no spectrum.
0: No, fuck that spectrum.
1: Yeah, fuck
0: Gradations are the worst.
1: Nobody <laughs> likes shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. Starting off on a really solid note here. Oh, so solid. So hard. Um,. I guess the point is we got a bunch of people who are asking for us to talk about things like The Good Wife or Leverage, or we also got some requests for episodes that, uh, we either can't talk about or we're thinking about, but we're not sure yet. So I guess we'll cover a bunch of that.
0: Yeah, agreed. So to get us kicked off right from the start, we're just going to dive in to the shows, um, The first one that came up a lot was a bunch of people wanted us to talk about Leverage, which in case you didn't know, guys, is my favorite heist show. And it wrapped up after five seasons and it was the greatest. MK, did you ever watch the end of Leverage?
1: Oh yeah. No, I watched it. I watched like all of that season in like a week. Isn't it the best? I was really happy because, I mean, obviously Parker is my favorite character. She's the greatest. And everything that I wanted for Parker basically happened. Yeah, I mean, that show also
0: did something tremendous in the final, I mean, the good, the really interesting thing about that series, if you've listened to us talk about it before and still haven't watched it, is that that is a show that is a heist flick um, with a lot of genre smashing and a lot of particularly fanishly delicious tropes written by people who are cognizant that they're fanishly delicious tropes, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Rogers, Downey, like, the whole cast and crew sort of, like, know what they're doing when they're putting these things together, and every episode is basically, like, a fun AU on top of, like, a heist, which is completely fun. It's actually the only TV show that I own every episode of on DVD.
1: Oh, really? See, I've never felt the need to buy it. I felt, um, it was really hard for me to get into Leverage Mm -hmm. the first, I don't know, season or, like, half of the first season, um completely made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I didn't think the acting was good. I wasn't entertained.
0: What was the tipping point?
1: Um, I was sick. (laughs) As happens with a lot of things, if I have the flu for a week, I'll watch anything, and I'll watch (laughs) all of it. Um, and, you know, if you make it through those, that first chunk of episodes, then Mm -hmm. it's great. And I was like, okay, I love Parker, and I love Elliot, and I love Hardison, so I'll keep going, and also this guy. Um, What's the name of the actor who plays the main dude?
0: Uh, oh my god, Timothy Hutton.
1: Timothy Hutton, um, <coughs> is one of my favorite actors from, he was in Nero Wolfe, which is like a a historical, like, period murder show that was filmed People in Toronto. know who Timothy Hutton is? He won an Oscar. I know, but Nero Wolfe is the only thing I care about. And to me, that's the best thing he's ever done. Even, <laughs> like, above leverage. Okay. The end.
0: (laughs) But um, I actually, the other thing, the reason I own all the DVDs is, A, I love the show a lot, and I really like, and this is one of those genuine moments where I was like, I really like supporting the show. Like, it's one of those DVDs and one of those shows where I'm happy to throw 30 bucks at them for every season. Yeah. Uh, And the other thing is that those DVDs are actually crazy worth the money. If you are at all interested in screenwriting or TV production, um, because every single episode is DVD commentaried, and it's all done by the executive (laughs) producers and the writers and the showrunners, and occasionally the actors come on, but they talk a lot about the process in terms of how they build the characters, they talk a lot about how they find their scripts, really cool stuff happening in all the DVD commentaries, um, and Gus and I will sit around and listen to them.
1: Well, I was gonna say, you and I should do some episode commentary, watching the next time we're in the same time zone. No, we're already in the same time zone.
0: Next time we're in the same city, sweetheart. There we go. Do you want me to bring some leverage with me when I'm in Toronto in May?
1: You're only here for like a day and a half.
0: That's true, and I still have to somehow get a haircut.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna have time on that trip. I know. Alas. Alas, alack! But also, how great was the series? I don't know if this is
0: considered a spoiler since it's been a while. It's been but like how a year. great was that series finale?
1: Oh my god! Amazing! Like I really so perfect. Anytime you know a show is ending, I just I get really worried because so frequently they don't stick the landing. Agreed. Like just constantly, if you have, like any season finale for a show, you're like, oh, it's often not one of the best episodes of a season. Yeah. And then when they're like, we're ending the series, they feel like they have to cram like 40 things in and none of them make sense. And they decide to jump the shark and none of that happened in Leverage.
0: Yeah. I mean, and even better than that, they really, they totally did the AU fake out (laughs) of themselves. Right. So they showed you, they basically showed you the two endings that you could potentially have. And thankfully they chose the happier one to conclude with, but they also gave us like total spoilers for the ending. The first fake out is that everyone dies that basically their last heist goes horribly wrong and that Elliot gets shot. um, Hardison gets shot and Parker is horribly injured. And the three of them are, basically curled together holding each other's hands in like a circle like in the back of a van and they all bleed out and die in each other's arms essentially it was horrifying it was horrible like I wept like a baby but uh, it was just it was also sort of like oh my god like if you were going to choose the bad ending this is the bad ending I would have wanted because then Sophie and Nate drive the van off of a fucking bridge right like let's ride <laughs> the other guy together but then like and then, thank God, while my tears were still streaming, they showed us what actually happened, which is that they, like, fucking faked their deaths or whatever. And it was just a delight. And it, to me, at least, I feel like they canonized the Parker-Elliot-Hardison um, relationship at the end of the series. Like, yeah, that
1: was totally my read on it.
0: Yeah, I think it was meant to be everyone's read on it, right? Like, the three of them are just now, like, a happy three-cornered you know, relationship configuration of one type or another. Like, who the fuck knows how any of them fit into that? But as long as they're happy, great. I
1: think the magic of that is, like, Parker is like, it works. Hardison is like, whatever makes Parker happy. And Elliot's like, I I don't know. I guess I'm just here. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Elliot is there because,
0: um, despite Hardison and Parker's many competencies, they're total failures, yeah, and they really need someone to sort of like herd them around like an angry sheepdog,
1: and that is like exactly what Elliot is. Yeah, if he, like, like his spirit animal is an angry sheepdog, right? And like, let's not lie; it's Chris Kane, and I
0: desperately want to have sex with that. So, like, if I were Parker and Hardison, and had access to it, like, just uh, keep brother up, man. Like, I can do this for you. I'm pretty Chris sure that Kane is Chris Kane. Is like one of my worst, most. Unrelenting dumb crushes. Like, that man has a beautiful, beautiful voice. Like, I actually unironically love his music. No he fucking f- designed lingerie. Like, I,
1: ah. Oh, Do you I know that he, like, didn't know how to skate. skate or something before that hockey episode? And he was like, I guess I'm going to learn how to skate and play hockey for this episode. And he did? Because yeah. it's Chris fucking Kane. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I found a puppy on set. We're going to write it in and adopt it. And I was just like, Hey, you the greatest he is, he's so wonderful why is he so great uh, oh i don't know that. that man is just like breaking hearts just by existing It's <laughs> so true like if you haven't watched leverage i'm gonna say that chris kane and like because you don't know how great parker is yet because you haven't watched it but like chris kane number one and then you're gonna get in there and you're gonna be like fuck i love parker so much and then you're gonna be like, I love Hardison
0: so much. Hardison is a delight. I love Sophie and her weird
1: character so much. I, love, I the, love like the guest stars.
0: Yeah, I love Nate's descending spirals into like alcoholism and how he's more pleasant when he's drunk. Actually, but um, like also, I love on that stupid fucking show anything oh. involving like Elliot cooking is so great.
1: <laughs> What's his face? Who is from Doctor Who and Supernatural? You know, the angry like insurance dude. Oh, uh Mark Shepard. There we go. Mark Shepard is amazing in leverage.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, I feel like Mark Shepard isn't everything
1: else. <laughs> yeah. But I mean if you want like some more of him. there's yeah, If you, you
0: can want some more in. Shepherd action to go with your angry <laughs> sheepdog, check out some leverage. Why? <laughs> uh, but yeah. That was that was the wrap up, you know, like bon voyage, leverage. It was a great, was a great run. It was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, okay, our next, our next series, which we talked about a lot in our character death episode for obvious reasons, um, is the Good Wife. Uh, I will confess that I am literally a season and a half behind. Um, <laughs> after the season three finale, I never managed to find time to pick up season four, and by the time that I got around to like wanting to watch it again, it had accumulated an intimidating number of episodes. That's so I fair. thought, like, oh, I'll just marathon it sometime. And I never did. And then season five rolled around, and then everything crazy started happening, and I couldn't keep up with my, like, not reading spoilers about it, so I just started reading all the recaps on A.B. Club. As you do. Yeah. Good. And then, you know, and then last week, they fucking shot Will Gardner in the neck.
1: So... See... Spoilers, folks. Spoilers. Spoilers. I have the problem of, um, I think everyone already probably remembers, but, uh, when Kalinda's ex-husband came into the picture... Yes, a lot of people bailed. Right? I was like, I just, I'm not, I'm not built for this. Like, I can't handle it. I'm real sorry. Um, and then I heard that they fixed it, and I thought about going back, but now that I've heard that Will dies, I'm like, well.
0: Whoa, I'm like 100% fully recommitted now that Will is dead.
1: That's because you're a horrible person. I'm not, I'm
0: not. I just saw a picture of him slowly bleeding out, like in some, like on a courtroom floor, and I was like,
1: I'm into this. Do you not, like, seriously, (laughs) do you hear yourself? (laughs) I'm not a horrible person, I just really like watching people I love bleed to death in courtroom floors in front of everyone they care about. I mean, it wasn't in front of
0: everyone he cared about. Diane was in another courtroom, and Kalinda wasn't there, and Alicia (laughs) was, like, somewhere else entirely. It's fine.
1: Oh, okay. So just, like, a jury of his peers. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the reason
0: that I'm, like, intrigued by this is that... So... From what I know of season four, from reading the recaps and reading reviews, it's just that it was sort of a wobbly season for Good Wife. Um, Not just because of the ex-husband thing, which I think they handled very poorly initially, but then well when they realized how badly people were responding to it. Mm -hmm. They wrote him out really fast.
1: They actually had
0: a much longer arc planned for him, and then they realized, I think shortly after the ice cream incident, that it was not working out.
1: Did you watch that episode? I don't even remember. Like, it was so traumatic for me. I don't even remember what was happening. I just remember being like, nope, nope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in case you don't know what this is, or you're just, like, morbidly curious, um, Archie Punjabi's character on The Good Wife is a fan favorite and beloved by all. And she has this mysterious past that no one really knew about, but heavily implied that she had a crazy abusive husband that she ran away from. Uh... When he does come back, the situation is not quite the way that we originally may have anticipated. Whatever. We don't really fucking know. It's unclear. Situation fucked up. Um, but then, like, there's this one fucking gross scene, which I did actually see, where they're out for ice cream and, like, it's really heavily implied that, like, uh, like, there's some, like, fingers and snatches and then sticking it in people's ice cream. <gasps> No. Yeah. No, no.
1: Okay, that's, no, that's a line.
0: Yeah, it was really gross. And I mean, like, I thought it was impressive because the good wife always manages to really push the boundaries of, like, you know, like, it's the same way how Hannibal always, like, astonishes me with the level of gore they do get away with on network. The Good Wife always astonishes me by the amount of sex they get away with on network and how fucking flaming hot that sex is, right? Well, I was like,
1: say it's very female-oriented sex, whereas, like, you is, can get away with, like, dude sex on TV and it's no problem. Yeah, well, I mean, not just that, but, like, dude sex is
0: unhot. Like, it's just really boring at this point, whereas, like... I think everyone is in agreement that Good Wife is Sex is kind of like, oh, my God, fanning yourself because someone is getting eaten out listening to NPR in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, a goddamn triple plus. Um, but this was just another one of those things where it's like, oh, look, you you cash that check in. And what did you do for it? That disgusting scene right there. Absolutely. Um But the reason I'm sort of, like, now, like, fully in it to win it again when it comes to Good Wife is because I think that there's something really marvelously fascinating about the massive character reset that's going to happen as a result of Will Gardner's death. Like, everything gets thrown into a tailspin, right? He was the name partner at this firm. If he dies, like, is what's going to happen, right? Like... Who's like Diane's going to run this shit show on her own? Like, there's a rumor that David Lee, who's the family law lawyer, really wants to get in on that and get become the new name partner David with Lee Diane. Always
1: wants to get in on that.
0: Yeah, but David Lee does not deserve to get in on that, right? Like, for all that he's amusing, he's totally a weasel. Yeah. Uh, but you know, who knows what's going to happen? Like, I want to know what's happening with Floric and Agos. Like, I want to know how Alicia is going to deal with Will being dead because. He is the love of her life. And I think the thing that I do actually enjoy about the the decision that they made to just off him is that I listened to, I read a couple of interviews that Robert and Michelle King, who are the EPs of the show, gave um, afterward, that, and they made a point that I found very, very meaningful. They were basically saying that, look, this is Will Gardner, right? Like, this is a person who has been a point of fascination, obsession, distraction for Alicia and mutually for since they met at Georgetown something as banal and dumb as like Will being disbarred or him going to a different state is not going to stop them from getting at each other. Right. And that's the thing about adult relationships that are so interesting. It's just that. Teodography
1: is not going to stop this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like added complications are only that added complications. It's not going to stop you from actually, like, pursuing something meaningful, right? Like, I think we can all, like, as we're discussing this, like, I think, I'm thinking of, like, four things right now where, like, the ocean didn't stop me, you know? Like, the the difficulty and complication of something, like, recedes in the face of your liberty to do something dumb. Like, the the options that you didn't have as a teenager, you have now. And that means the stuff that you can do can be so much dumber than it used to be. (laughs) and so much bigger than it used to be. So they, if they really wanted Will permanently out of the picture and not sort of like as this awkward, emotional hanging Chad on the side, they really needed to put a very finite end to it. And I agree with them.
1: Yeah, no, that seems, I mean, yeah. Sorry, there's nothing I can add to that. You've summarized it perfectly. Yeah, plus I'm, like, super into people dying and everyone being miserable, so. Yeah, you're evil.
0: It was, like, triple good for me.
1: Good. Let's move on. All
0: right, let's do one that you can talk about. Hawaii Five-0, okay. What? What's happening on that garbage dump?
1: I just want you to know it's still a garbage dump. <laughs> okay, good. I'm I'm still... was so, I was so worried that they had stopped being a garbage dump. No, no, it's still garbage. I mean, I'm watching it, but that's not really a recommendation.
0: But what's actually happened? I feel like it's it's been legitimately like three seasons since I've interacted with that show in any meaningful capacity. Yeah,
1: that's fair. So obviously a bunch of shit happened between Danny and his ex-wife. They were on and off again. She cheated with him on her husband and then got pregnant by her husband and Danny thought it was his and then it turned out to not be his and, you know, a bunch of soap opera crap. Um, but the real point of the story is the like highlights for people. <laughs> um the highlights, you're gonna like this, it's great. Uh is that Danny like really fought back for like to keep Grace on the island when uh Rachel and Stan decided to move back to the mainland.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it looks like he won, like I believe he won. So Grace is still on the island with him. Steve like goes to the custody hearing with him, like in full it was either a suit or a dress uniform. And either way, they looked super married and it was amazing. Like, Steve basically, like, interrupts everything and is like, Danny is the greatest man I've ever known and, like, the greatest father, and it's just like, so you're banging, right? Like, (laughs) you've got to be banging this dude. Um, there's a bunch of stupid stuff with ladies, but, um, Steve's sister is back and she got a baby, and now sometimes Steve has to carry that baby around with him while fighting crime.
0: Wait, 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 When you say she got a baby, like, did she grow one inside of herself, or did she, like, just thieve one from the local pet swarm?
1: I believe she adopted it, but I can't remember if she was pregnant and didn't tell anyone, or if she, like, legally adopted that baby. But, like, let's just say she got a baby why would she adopt, so she adopted a
0: baby on her own. Why is Steve looking
1: after it? Well, because she came back to the island and she was like, uh, P.S., I have to go like run some errands. Can you hold on to this baby? And he was like, D-. and then she was gone and he didn't even know it was his nephew. Um, but she came back like later that day and explained shit, but you know, she's a single mom and, you know. I'm so
0: pleased that both of those kids are equally emotionally fucked. Like just so incapable Of completing his sentence that requires them to express a feeling word.
1: Well, I think the greatest thing about this is that Mary is kind of, like, grown-up incompetent, right? Like, she's that person that you're like, you're gonna be late to this party, and you're gonna forget, or, like, go to the wrong restaurant, and I can't trust you to, like, do your taxes on time, and, like, she's that person, right? Right. (laughs) She's slightly better with feelings than Steve is. Um, and Steve is, like, emotionally incompetent, but will definitely be there on time at the right restaurant, like, ten minutes early with a reservation, like, get that shit done. So when she shows up with a baby, he's like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Like, you are, you should not be allowed to have a baby. Um, but, you know, he loves her, and eventually he's like, "Oh shit, you're gonna make a great mom, and you're like, Steve, no! Um, but it doesn't matter, because that baby just keeps popping up, and you get to see them, like, hanging out with a baby. It's great. That's literally what happened this season. I'm a couple episodes behind, but all I really care about is babies.
0: Is, Is that literally the only stuff that has happened since...
1: I mean, there have been terrorists. There was, like, a bunch of stupid shit where Danny is maybe... I mean, the last episode I saw was really dumb and involved Danny, like, Falling in love with a lady without knowing her name after meeting her for like two minutes at a gas station, and obviously Wait, so, she's like, isn't half he dating someone? Wasn't he dating someone? Uh, he was, and she had to travel away or something. She came back, and then she got offered a job that was like off Hawaii or something. And he was like, "Uh, I'm breaking up with you because I can't leave Hawaii. I like just got custody of my daughter here, and whatever." He like. Dumps her and, like, two episodes later falls in love with a stranger half his age.
0: Oh, can I tell you something that I just saw today and I saw it and I laughed? Please do. So, apparently, the woman who plays Kat, Steve's
1: yeah. his, his
0: girlfriend, is leaving the show.
1: What? She, like, just became main cast.
0: She's leaving the <laughs> show.
1: Amazing. Uh, because they've been getting really serious lately. I mean, and the thing is that if you read, like, the TV line
0: report about her leaving the show, they say that there's going to be, like, some exciting, like, tense stuff happening, and I'm like, are they killing
1: her? They're probably killing her, let's be real.
0: That was, like, my initial, I was just (laughs) like, oh god, is Cap dying? Like, that's kind of the only way this could go,
1: right? She's been doing some, like, badass crime fighting, getting into dangerous situations, so maybe they've been building up to it, and I just, like, did not clue in. Ah, good times. I mean, you get a little more Max this season. I love Max. You know, Masioka.
0: Oh, that guy. Okay,
1: sure. He's great. He's the coroner. He's great. All right. There's not much to say about Hawaii Five-0. It's awful. Don't watch it. Unless you just, like, watch the baby highlight reel.
0: All right, all right. And I'm also going to take this moment to make you talk about Elementary.
1: Elementary. This is an interesting thing where I'm actually enjoying this season of elementary a lot. I enjoy elementary on a regular basis, but I'm not fanish about it and there's not much to say about it. Like, I don't actually consider it Sherlock. Like, to me, it's not really Arthur Conan Doyle. It's a procedural that I like watching that has some overlap with the Doyle canon. Right. Um, I love it because of stuff like Joan just keeps getting progressively better. The way they handle like lady stuff is usually pretty awesome. I love that Moriarty is also a lady. Like I love a lot of the, the stories.
0: The world who hated that.
1: I know, I know you are. Um, Like it's consistently good. It's consistently solid. I like watching it. It's fun. The the cases are interesting. I can only solve them like half the time, but. It, I wouldn't go looking for fan fiction, you know? Yeah. It doesn't excite me. I enjoy it. I watch it, like like, norm. Even, I mean, I'm obviously, like,
0: I'm obviously an outlier in the sense that I find that show really boring. Like, if I'm cleaning my apartment and I need something on in the background, like, I'll have it on. But it's, like, it's not on my DVR anymore. I have no idea what's happening in the series, and I don't feel a loss as a result of it um but from everything that I read like people who enjoy the show really like the execution and you know they find it to be a much more palatable version of the Conan Doyle verse than some of the other adaptations so I guess that's good
1: yeah that's fair um can I tell you a hilarious thing that ties in here sure in the long history of you and my dad must never meet right literally this week at lunch he was like I watched some Sherlock on tv this week and it was incredibly boring." And I was like, was he kind of like receding hairline and short hair? Or did he have like big floppy dark hair? And he was like receding hairline. I'm like, yeah, that's elementary. <laughs> oh, He and I could talk about investing. Like seriously, you guys could sit down and have a really boring conversation. And I would just sit there like eating my eggs being like, dear God, what have I done? Well, at the end of it, he would
0: have sold you to me in some sort of marital agreement, so you should probably pay attention.
1: Well, I mean, if I benefit financially, that might be okay. MK, you can't just. Okay, we'll
0: have to talk about this offline because you cannot think it's okay to be sold into a. Fa- Ugh. Next fandom we're talking about is Person of Interest, which I'll admit that I basically. So I had been catching up with the season um the show has been getting like progressively had been getting progressively darker and twistier and interesting and i like that like i actually did enjoy a lot of the interesting sort of um speculative spy technology stuff that exists in person of interest Mm -hmm. um and it also helps that that show is like so fucking dead it's not really like they're even relationships right like it's mostly like i'm there for the dog and i'm there for you know, the AI. This is
1: literally how I felt watching it. I was like, I like that dog. I like this robot business. I don't care about any of these people.
0: Yeah, the rest of it is like, whatever. Rockstar Jesus over there is just the worst actor on television, probably. Uh, But but as I was catching up, I was like still an episode or two behind. I read the spoilers and the episode rant. They (laughs) killed Joss Carter who is, you know, like, who is a very important integral part of the show, and she, like, dies in John Reese's arms, and I was like, what the
1: fuck? I just, like, when you told me that, I was like, but I don't understand, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I've no, like, and to be fair,
0: like, I don't know the context around it, I don't know who killed her, all I know is that, like, she died, and it was terrible, and it made me so angry and sad that I was like, I don't want to watch this show anymore.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, okay, so generally when I watch Person of Interest, I have to watch it, like, all in one go, because I don't have any urge to watch it.
0: Yeah, so you kind of, like, bank it up, and then you just watch, like, six episodes.
1: Yeah, I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm just gonna watch TV, and it's gonna be something that, like, maybe I care about, maybe I don't. Right. Um, But when I heard that, I was like, no, I think I'm good. I don't need to watch it if they're gonna make, like, crazy decisions like that. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm winning this breakup. (laughs) and by breakup I mean like one night stand leftovers sure sure uh welcome to Night Vale welcome to Night Vale still solid I will say that like I feel this season or this chunk of episodes because they don't really have seasons um the plot points are progressing slower than I expected Mm -hmm. um so one of the things that's happened is that the evil corporation that runs Desert Bluffs, their, like, rival town, mm-hmm. now owns Night Vale, and the people are fighting back against it. Like, specifically, Cecil Baldwin is fighting back against it, but not much, and not in a very exciting way. Like, I still enjoy listening to it. It's very moody, um, and there's, like, jokes in it that are, are funny and stuff happens. You get the occasional throwaway about him and Carlos, but... You know, the main thing that's been exciting is that the children who were kidnapped by the librarians last year um, have, like, run out into the desert and started trying to overthrow the government. And they're good at it. <laughs> good. I know that just sounds crazy to you because you don't listen to it, but... Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> the summer reading program is serious business. Clearly. Tamika Flynn is a leader for all time. Alrighty then, we're skipping right ahead to White Collar. Okay, I tried watching White Collar this season. I was like, you know, it hasn't been that good lately, but maybe this season something really cool will happen. And instead, it's just like everything that, you know, one of the things I hate in TV shows, it's one of the things that like happens to Bones real fast and real hard, is where you start having this like, uptick of character development it's all making sense they're like progressing and then everyone backslides real hard yeah which is just lazy sloppy writing (laughs) like if you didn't want them to progress that fast you should have paced it better and backsliding like that just really it's like offensive to me when I see it happen it's last season of community okay like it's bad And this season of White Collar is, like, oh, all of that trust that Peter and Neil built up, like, all of the, like, communication and, nope, that's gone. Everything is just, like, a shitstorm again. And I was, like, I can't, I can't watch you be this bad at living. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. And I failed out real hard.
0: Uh, and I have not been keeping up with it, um, I... You know, like if we're really invested in knowing what happens in white Collar, I can always call my mom and she can tell me because she still watches it and loves it. She's a fucking weirdo. Um, The only thing that I do know is that it's been canceled. Oh. So it has five more episodes. It has like an abbreviated, I think, sixth season to kind of wrap it shit up, which I think is probably for the best, right? I feel like now that they have like a very short time horizon that they're going to like get yes. their shit together. And I still believe that no pilot has been better that I've ever seen than White Collar.
1: No, that White Collar pilot was amazing. Like just yes. astoundingly good.
0: It was perfection. It was charming. It was witty. It was exactly everything that USA dramas should be and should aspire to be. And it was fun and it was charming and it was just Matt Bower's so pretty. It makes so me pretty Hi. um so <laughs> Yeah, thank you for, you know, however many good seasons, and I will I will actually be tuning in for the last couple of episodes, just because I want to see how they play this out.
1: I will get spoilers from someone and then decide if I'm willing to, to do that again. Yeah. It just went real bad, real hard.
0: Understood, understood.
1: Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm one episode behind, so I can't talk about, like, the, the most recent, but... It really has been getting steadily better all the time. Yeah. The last episode I watched is the one where Lady Sif comes.
0: She's great.
1: I just love Lady Sif. Like, she's just amazing.
0: Well, also the fun part is that the underlying theme of that entire episode was just men are useless, which I
1: really enjoyed. I love that Sif is, like, straight up. She's like, well, obviously only a woman can defeat her because men have an inherent weakness. Yes. And she doesn't even have to say what it is. She's just like, come on. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> and then you see it in action. You're like, yeah. Men are easy. Yeah, although
0: there are a couple of moments from that episode that I found profoundly excellent. Number one was the uh, was the scene where Coulson runs into Fitz, and he's been sort of like lorelai Yeah, So he's, he's like, they're locked up. And Coulson's like, oh. I see. Lorelai's yeah, and Fitz is like, is amazing, isn't she? And he's just like, she's something. She sure is something. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then as soon as he goes to find um, Skye and Simmons in the medical room, like, and Simmons tries to murder him with like, yeah. a
1: fucking fire extinguisher. So. I think the really interesting thread there is that, like, maybe the plot of that episode is basically men are useless except Coulson. Yeah. And you don't know if that's, like, just that he's always been that awesome, or if it's, I don't know, something that's happened to him over time. Well, also, I think that, like, this is one of those things where I'm like, he's, like, a 50-year-old
0: guy. Like, he is no longer, you know, to the extent that Fitz and Ward are...
1: Hormonal?
0: Yeah, he's not really being led around by his dick as much as he used to be. Although, I mean, again, male, so fundamentally flawed. Male, but fashion.
1: I think this is the kind of thing where, like, um... It's so weird, but, like, you know how, like, Sif respects him? And if yeah. Sif respects him, then you know that, like, he's got his shit together. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. This he's... episode, men are dumb. Except Coulson, yeah. who's still A+. plus. He's a good man. And I feel like the show...
0: I mean, the show is interesting, right? Like, I... <laughs> I really enjoy it, but I'm also fully aware that the reason I really enjoy it is just because I really like Coulson, and I really like Ming-Na Wen, and I really and increasingly really like all the other characters on it, but I also recognize that like as a as like a television show, it's really not great. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's not great television, but yeah, I love some of the characters. I still don't particularly care about Ward, He's better, but... It's okay. Like, the show is... the show is
0: okay. And if you enjoy, like... If you enjoy this product or this stuff, like... Yeah, it's it's a good... It's a good piece of entertainment. But, like, I don't know. I feel like if you're not in it for the characters, the plot is not gonna help you.
1: Yeah, well, the episodes are not that strongly written. It's really the character notes that keep you going. Like, I love... Fuck. Is the female scientist Simmons? Yes. You can see, like, I don't know their names. Some of them. like I'm like, that one. I like her. She's great. Yeah. It's fine. I enjoy it. It's fun. Uh, I would not call it smart television, or it's television I can watch and just turn my brain off.
0: Yeah, and there are moments of really, there are really lovely character moments, but it's primarily going to be helmed by, like, if Ming-Na is in the scene, or if Clark Gregg is not the same. like yeah. the the other guys are like nice but they're not like they're not super super versatile and frankly the entire the trappings of the show feel very oddly plasticky like it the world doesn't have a lot of concrete depth which is really weird because they're building on the larger marvel universe which for all of its larger flaws like is huge and big and deep enough that you can use it as like a real world yeah they decided to pull this little slice out that is just like weirdly like I feel like I this looks like a set guys like I don't feel like you're actually living in the universe if that makes any sense
1: no it totally makes sense it's um it's like there's no depth to it
0: yeah it's 100% agreed
1: just like a strange sensation of like like when you're at the theater and you just become really aware that you're at the theater
0: yeah it's it's also this weird thing that I've Like, I I noticed this happening um, all throughout the series, but I sort of, like, finally put my thumb on it. What was bothering me about it is that throughout the movies, they've, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is such, like, a background element in the films, they've had the benefit of being, like, very mysterious, like, very ill-defined and very, like unmarked black suits and unmarked black vans and now that we're sort of like honed in on shield it's like the show a either doesn't trust the viewers enough to understand what shield is without slapping the insignia all over everything and making the whole organization seem like sort of neutering it right like it doesn't feel as dangerous as it did before the show started Because you have to, like, get into it, and you, like, meet quirky people and go to the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, and, like, all of these are things that I like, but it's lost a lot of its edge because you wanted to pull back and do the reveal, and the only times you ever get the implication that, like, this organization is dark. This organization is, like, the equivalent of the morally inexcusable organizations that work in the background of the Born universe, right? yeah. But you, you lost a lot of that except in certain scenes where like Coulson is turning it on or ming one is turning it on or like Han- Agent Hand is turning it on, right? Like you, you just lose a lot of the mystique of it. And I feel like the show, because it's like an ABC show, because it's on like a Disney owned property, because it is trying to appeal to a broader audience the same way that the Avengers did, and it doesn't want to be as dark because it's not a feature film, It's losing a lot of its edge, and as a result of that, it is suffering a little, because what we wanted S.H.I.E.L.D. to be is not what they are giving us.
1: There's also the thing where this is gonna sound so dumb. Um, you get to see some of the administrivia of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's almost too humanizing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, they work in the same kind of shitty office that, like, I do. They have to do this form and that form, and, like, oh god, the red tape. Yeah. And just, the idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the movies is that they're above red tape most of the time, right? They're like, uh, we're going in there with guns, we'll see you later. Yeah. And and it's just, like, you can, you can do that,
0: but you also need to be willing to, like, make them really dark. Like, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. that I, the S.H.I.E.L.D. that exists in my head, like, this show is great, I enjoy it, it's lots of fun, but to me, this is, like, a totally inaccurate portrayal of the organization that I view S.H.I.E.L.D. to be, right? Like, I view view S.H.I.E.L.D. to be, like, a lot more, like, military bunkers, like, a lot of shut up, wait, a lot of, like, fucked up stuff that you can't talk about and what works. Yeah. And it's, it's the way that, like, fanfic authors have been portraying S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Like, the dark imaginary Hydra monster of the ungodly child of the nsa plus the cia plus (laughs) mi 6 plus the kgb right like this is what they are they have to be larger than life and darker than black and you lost a lot of that by trying to shine a light on it in a very generally palpable television show
1: i'm not even Uh, sure if it's the i think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you were like it's disney it's abc yeah and I love Disney. I don't like ABC, but anytime you have anything on ABC it becomes a family show and well, I mean, like I don't I mean, like
0: I love a lot of elements of Disney. I never want Disney to address like I love the moral and like the intangibility. Of the moral truth, right? Like, if you're ever going to get into something that's, like, really dark and twisty and, like, literally everyone is wrong and everything is the wrong decision, I'm fascinated by that stuff. And I feel like you're not going to get that show when Disney is your backer.
1: Yeah, you're not. And that's unfortunate, but, I mean, what, what are you going to do, really? Exactly.
0: And, I mean, like, I enjoy the show for what it is. I have no idea whether it's being renewed for season two. I would assume that if they don't, it would be viewed as a massive failure on the part of, like, both the Marvel movie engine and sort of the larger, do you know what I mean? Like, it would be like, oh, man, we really fucked up if they couldn't get this show going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, like, I mean, we've said a bunch of critique here, but we both enjoy the show. We're both watching it. Yeah. I I would say I will enjoy it a lot more than Hawaii 5 or, like, <laughs> Elementary. Like, these are shows that I watch and I like, S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm like, I'm going to watch this first. I like it. I want to know what happens next.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess the major difference (laughs) is as much as I can, like, spout off, like, an hour of critique about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have, like, complicated feelings about it. Like, the characters give me complicated feelings, which I don't necessarily have about a lot of other shows. Yeah, other
1: shows, I'm like, well, it's fine. Yeah, it's there. It's there. Uh... And we have two shows
0: on this list of things that people wanted us to talk about that we will both only be giving like two sentence answers about. Yeah. And I will throw myself on my grenade first. For Supernatural. Uh, Stuff is happening. (laughs) Sam is back to being just Sam instead of Sam carrying an angel who is hiding the fact that he is in Sam from Sam and then blackmailing Dean.
1: I'm sorry, that happened?
0: Yeah, and the the great thing about this that Waldorf and I kept talking about is that, like, I really like Jared Padalecki as, like, a large, oversized human. He seems like a pretty cool dude and loves his kids and likes dogs and who doesn't like people who love kids and like dogs, right? Sure. He is not a good enough actor to pull that off. <laughs> and all of the scenes where he had... Gadriel, i think that's how you pronounce it inside of him oh, inside of him were excruciating to watch it was just like oh my sweet mother god like you cannot pull this off this is really excruciating and it was all the more terrible because at the end of the last season at the end of season eight i think jared padalecki did some of his finest acting ever in the season finale of that, that was like gut-wrenching and so good. He left it all out on the stage. And then you came back and you were just like, what is happening? Amazing. What is fucking happening? But basically um Dean Winchester is now carrying around something called the Mark of Cain. Don't ask. I can't even. Yeah. He's carrying on something called the Mark of Cain. Him and Sam are like essentially separated right they're just they're debating whether or not they still want to be in this marriage together what? and um yeah and Cass and sam are kind of like fucking who goddamn knows being friends and solving crime and Cass is like sticking up for dean and like being a weirdo and misha collins is directing episodes like lots of things are going on
1: i'm really afraid for you i'm, I'm so wow
0: yeah, don't worry about it, Slash Report, listeners. If you're curious as to how this all shit show is going to play out, um, for the season finale, I am making Waller come to New York, and we are going to watch, like, 15 episodes together and then record. So that re- whole recording might just be us crying quietly.
1: <laughs> Not so quietly. Yeah. Go ahead. A+. Plus. Hey, what's your what's your uh, fucking albatross there? Team <laughs> you Wolf? Know? Um, we got a lot, and, like, when I say a lot, I mean, like, endless. Endless requests for another Teen Wolf episode. And I just want you guys to know, like, it's not Prue telling me that we can't do another Teen Wolf episode. (laughs) It's me. I'm like, we can't do another Teen Wolf episode. We're not doing it. It's not happening. Not ever. I'm real sorry. Didn't I I fucking warn you, assholes?
0: Didn't I fucking warn you, assholes, that she's gonna trick you with her... Teen nodding.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Her, wh- and her whatever fandom stuff, and then she's going to abandon you there. I'm not abandoning them. Not yet. Keyword yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm writing fic right now, actively. I have, like, 8K of a Murder, She Wrote AU that I think is pretty baller. And, uh, I just, listen, the thing is, we get a lot of flack. Like, a lot of fucking flack. For the stuff that we said in the original Teen Wolf episode where we were like, listen, are we enjoying this show as, like, a fandom? Yes. Do we think you should actually watch the episodes? No. (laughs) Uh, I stand by that. I still don't think that you should watch them. And for anyone who's about to, like, send me vicious hate mail being like, you're the worst. Teen Wolf is such quality writing. And, like, just based on my Tumblr dash of people summarizing the bullshit that has been happening for the last, like, three seasons... I still stand by my statement. (laughs) Even though there are alpha twins whose penises may double in size when they merge. They may double in size. We don't know. (laughs) That is a mystery for the Teen Wolf ages.
0: That that just seems like such a waste of an opportunity to have penis doubling.
1: (laughs) Right? God. Um,
0: Instead of turning into one penis, it becomes a double penis.
1: No, because, listen, we've already asked. I texted Hoyden at a party once to ask about this anatomy. You texted Hoyden at a party once. I was at a party and a certain story that we frequently talk about came up. Which we can never speak about. We can never speak about it. I can't identify this story for our listeners, but you know what I'm talking about. I do, sadly, I do. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I was talking with um Leanne, who has been on this podcast and is just like us, awful. She's a filth monster. She's a filth monster. And I mentioned this particular story, and we were talking about the arrangement of two penises on a creature, and trying to figure out how these penises were arranged such that the sex was happening. We were like, are they on top of each other? Is there one at the front and one at the back? Like, how is this? And I was like, you know who will know this answer? Hoyden. And everyone was like, I think it was a New Year's party too, which is like even better because there's a bunch of like a mixed crowd of people and a bunch of them get involved in the conversation and they're like debating penis placement if you have two penises. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It is actually a medical condition. No, I know, but not in this story. No, I know.
0: But um, (laughs) in case people listening to this are like, oh my God, in the medical condition, where are they arranged? They are not one on top of the other, which would be most strategic, right? Right. No, they're side by side. They're side by side, but the dude who was doing, like, the The Reddit Reddit thread or the gawker, like, ask me whatever, was in a happy, totally functional, double boning, like, poly relationship, and I was like, you go, buddy. You use what the good lord gave you.
1: Right? Like, he was making it work.
0: Those were normal looking penises
1: too. They were surprisingly normal. He just had two of them. This is one of those things where, like, I got the link at work and I was like, I have to open this on my phone in a corner where no one can look over my shoulder because I just really need to know about these penises. I have to see. Like, literally, I think
0: the minute I saw that link, I was like, excuse me, I have to run to the ladies. Yeah, like, like, I'll, I'll do it right back. immediately. And my only question was A, are they normal sized? B, Are they top-bottom or side-by-side? Like, that's all I needed to know about the United That's
1: all I wanted to know. But when he started answering questions about, like, how one of them is more active than the other, I was just like, this is just fascinating. Like, I could not stop reading. Yeah. I had so, like, the more I read, the more questions I had, and the more I needed to know. And I left that post satisfied. Like, I was like... I feel like I've learned a lot about this double penis situation. I have. I left that post as satisfied as
0: someone would be if you had boned a dude with two dicks. Yeah. One of which is more active than the
1: other. One of which is more active and responsive than the other. But the point is, I was at a New Year's Eve party. (laughs) It was close to midnight. And Hoyden responded to me within like two minutes with details about the penises in this story. I don't know where I was originally. We were talking about Teen Wolf. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of indicative,
0: right? Like, that... Guys, we're not, like... I know that a lot of people think that, like, I'm some sort of cruel taskmaster that's, like, forbidding, <laughs> <laughs> that, like, forbidding the slash report. She
1: can't like, stop she, me. It doesn't like, work that way.
0: talking about Teen Wolf, like, I genuinely cannot stop those assholes.
1: But, like, they... It's I just, you know, me now. 20-something and Hoyden are, like, completely pff, gone. Yeah. But, listen, okay, the thing is, I'm still enjoying the fandom. I'm still reading Teen Wolf fic, like, all the time. I'm reblogging fucking gift sets because they're amazing. I just only care about the fandom, not the canon. And so I will, like, almost never have anything to say about Teen Wolf because, like, all I know comes from my Tumblr dash, which is, I think we can all, like, agree. Uh, biased. (laughs) But. (laughs) I know, shocker. But, like... From what I've seen, Jeff Davis is pulling some real Jeff Davis and it's getting all shitty up in there. So maybe it's time to bail and just stick with like your beautiful fanish world. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. There's no shape in it. Yeah. You like this is why we have fandom. Do the yeah. thing that makes you happy. Don't stick around for something that's just gonna make you upset. Yeah. I guess we can move on to the list of shit that we either can't talk about or we might talk about, or really I'm just going to say that this is the short list for why don't you send us a fandom safari? Cause we don't know enough.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, the top of that list is suits, which both of us watched pretty faithfully for the beginning, but then I, I have to admit, um, I, I think it was the end of the second season that I, I really felt that show uh, what the fuck happened? Like, it was just people standing around yelling, God damn it, at each other. And Harvey was always portrayed as someone who was willing to push the envelope in order to win, but he went from someone who still had, like, a core of something that I was, you know, interested in to someone that was very unpleasant for me to look at. And I kind of just, like, moonwalked out
1: of that room. Yeah, well, there's that, and I think, like, the thing with Suits for me is, the premise is, sure, like, ridiculous, but this is how Mike gets the job and they have to keep it a secret. But the whole Harvard business needed to be resolved in one season and then basically never brought up again. Right. And instead, it was, like, it, from what I hear, it's still fucking going. And yeah. I'm like, you can't, you're really beating a dead horse here, like, come on. I, don't
0: know. I, I feel like they went really off the rails. At least I felt that way at the end of season two, and it just turned me off so hard yeah. from watching the show.
1: No, that show is dead to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Once Upon
0: a Time is another one that I watched pretty faithfully for a while, and then just completely <laughs> locked the thread, because it went full bore crazy in a way that I just couldn't even handle.
1: This is one uh, of those things where... I'm always really interested in the premise of an ABC show, and then when I actually watch it, I hate it. Like, I really tried to watch this show, and I could not stand it.
0: I mean, I, I liked it at the beginning, and then it just got weird, and now it's even weirder, and then I think um, Marilyn was explaining to me a little bit of what's currently happening, and it made me want to, like, punch myself in the face, so... Good, good. Not, not watching
1: anymore. Um, American Horror Story. I have no idea what this is about. I generally don't watch horror because I'm a big baby and I can't handle it. There's been some interesting stuff about it on Tumblr, but, like, I literally have no idea what this show is about other than Zachary Quinto is gay in it. Zachary Quinto was gay in it. So the premise of American Horror Story is that
0: it's, um... It's basically every season is its own self-contained uh, mini miniseries. And they're all like high concept horror stories. Um, and the first season was about, I think, an asylum. And the second season was about, oh, I'm sorry. That's wrong. The first season was about the haunted house with Dylan McDermott and Connie Britton. And I think the second se- okay, I officially don't know. I can't keep track because I don't watch the series, but every, every, uh, every season is its own self-contained horror show miniseries. Okay. Uh, and I, I've heard really good things about it, but again, it's not really my cup of tea. The closest to horror that I really like to go to is serial killer stuff, which is more psychological horror than yeah. actual horror. Um, Yeah. So it's not it's not a show that I've watched, and and I think that kind of goes into the next series of things, which are all things that we don't watch, which include Masters of Sex, yeah. Shameless, Looking, Enlisted, um, the HBO War fandom shows. Someone asked us about that, which, like, I'm not allowed to watch any movies or television shows about World War II, because one time my parents saw me watching the opening minutes of Saving Private Ryan, and I was crying so hard, I started having sort of an asthma attack, and I was sent from the room like a child. I was 18 years old, (laughs) and they sent me to my room. They were like, you cannot watch this, get the fuck out of here, and send me to my room. And uh, I I can't watch that stuff. Like, I'm a total, I'm a giant open wound about that stuff. Like, I cannot handle it.
1: So do you know what I find really interesting about this is, you and I both, like, just don't watch war stuff, but for completely opposite reasons. Um, I find war stuff incredibly boring, and because I have zero feelings about it, I don't sympathize with anyone in the show, even if, like it's like really sympathetic. I'm like, nope. <laughs> oh Hope you die in a ditch. Like zero feelings. I become the worst asshole. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter what side people are on. I'm just like, no, I don't care. Enjoy your death. I can't do it. I'm,
0: I'm such a fucking like, yeah. So in high school during, um, during like our, well it, during AP Euro and a number of other classes that went deeply into World War 2 and World War 1 like I was a fucking train wreck I'm pretty sure some people thought I was like very dangerously clinically depressed because I kept wandering around the halls like swollen faced from crying because they kept showing us like videos or movies or whatever and I would just like the minute it started the minute it got dark it would be like no! <laughs>
1: Your parents should have written you a note to excuse you from that. Oh my god, my parents have never written
0: me a note to excuse me from anything. Like,
1: my my father and mother's, like, entire,
0: like, educational and child-rearing philosophy is like, I'm not helping you with that.
1: (laughs) I will say, uh, my family was like, on the one hand, they were like, as long as you try your hardest and, like, put in all your effort, that's all that matters. And at the same time, like, one time I was violently ill with stomach flu. Like, I woke up, I could not stop puking. I could barely stand, like, just awful. And my mom was like, get your ass out of bed. You're going to school. Yeah. I was that kid who they were like, uh, there's, like, five meters of snow outside. And my mom was like, buses are canceled, but your school is open. Guess where you're going? (laughs) I was like, I'm going to be the only kid at school again. She
0: wanted you out of the house, hon. Yeah, probably. Yeah, let's but not like, let's not lie to ourselves. Here's here. the
1: thing. I'm self entertaining. You could literally just leave me in a room with a book and or the internet and I would have been like, What, it's dinner time? Like Well maybe she maybe she needed to do
0: some sort of witchcraft or sorcery and you would have like gotten in the way of her mojo.
1: No, you have to remember my mom is the one who is um she has feelings and stuff.
0: Oh, right. I forgot.
1: Anyways, moving right along. Moving yeah. along. Um
0: Things that I feel that we are probably not equipped to really talk about well include webcomics, of which Homestuck falls to as a subcategory. Neither M K or I know fucking anything about Homestuck.
1: Neither of us knows anything about Homestuck, Um, and Homestuck is not something I'm interested in getting into. Of the two of us, I read the most webcomics, by which I mean I read webcomics. Yeah. Um, I still read Penny Arcade. Uh, I read a deaf comic that is actually about, like, a deaf family, and it's kind of newspaper style. Cool. Um, Bad Machinery, which is, uh, the sequel to... I forget what that comic is called. Suffice to say, if you know Bad Machinery, you know the other one. It's great. Scary go-round. Scary go-round, thank you. Uh, John Allison. John Allison is great. Uh, SinFest. Which has been running, like, literally since I was a child. I do not know how that man updates every single day. I don't
0: know. He has a deal with the devil.
1: He, I really think he does. Because, like, I can't imagine doing a comic every day for... It's been at least 20 years. Like, I've been reading this shit for 20 years. Um, and on Sunday, it's full color. Like, what? What? What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> um, and the last one is... Cucumber Quest. Okay. Cucumber Quest is adorable, beautiful, full color, and got so popular so fast that the lady was like, I think I'm going to do a Kickstarter to, like, maybe get a print book of this, and got, like, a jillion times her requested amount. Like, she's just rolling in money. Good. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, okay, so that's
0: Wes Cox and Homestuck. Um... What else? Oscar predictions. Sorry, guys.
1: Obviously, this is kind of it's kind, kind of, of late, you know also, behind
0: us now. But I obviously predict that Twelve Years a Slave will win the Oscar.
1: I just hate the Oscars. I hate everything about them, and I don't care. Good. I don't know that I had any movies from
0: 2013 that really stuck out in my mind. I'm sure that if I actually went back through and saw, like, what I watched, that there were probably a number that I really enjoyed. But of the recent films that I, like, just loved with every inch of my being, the Lego movie. I
1: still is, haven't seen that. It's so
0: good. It is so good. And I'm not just saying that because Marilyn and I went to see it and then ate great chicken biscuits and then found the trashiest fucking bar in New York and loved it. Like, it was just a great night, and that movie was fantastic.
1: Um, best movie I, I've seen in the last 12 months is The Heat, hands down. <laughs> the Heat was amazing. I need it on DVD, like, stat. Yes, you do. Uh, what else? Oh, the Olympics. Um, I could
0: not care less about Winter Olympics. That's a lie. I mean, I care about figure skating, but that's about it.
1: Winter Olympics are the best Olympics. They're the only Olympics. Summer Olympics are for wusses and people who aren't Canada. Uh, I I think we all know that Canada is the best at Winter Olympics, so I cared about that a lot. Okay. The end.
0: Someone also asked us to talk about Bruno and Boots, or largely Gordon Corman um, novels. And while I personally could talk about Gordon Corman novels and how they're pivotal and perfection for several hours, like I could teach a master's class seminar about it i i would be alone like i would be monologuing like a crazy bond villain so i don't think that's gonna happen for you bro but bruno and boots books the mcdonald hall series by gordon corman are amazing and they hold up um and did i mention they're amazing
1: i think the important thing to know is that you've basically made prue stay by even asking for an episode about that and her only sadness is that it won't ever happen I know, like I'm so excited. Like me, like it's a fandom of five people. Okay, and we're all very passionate. <laughs> There's literally like only like five of us. It's okay though. It's okay. You guys just keep doing you. We just we are. We are. We're doing us.
0: We're, oh, that sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> someone also asked about the recent amazon pilots um i have heard good things about a couple of them the one that i haven't seen yet but i think might be of interest to fandom in general in case you haven't heard about this amazon was doing basically a project to pick a pilot and for a while you could watch these for free on amazon the one that really kind of stood out in terms of chris carter did one um chris carter of the x-files did one The other one that I think might be of interest to a lot of fandom people is that there is a pilot in the mix called Transparent. It is starring Jeffrey Tambor, and he is starring basically as a very late middle-aged father coming out um, to his kids that he is going to transition into a woman. Uh, So, yeah. um, I can't... I don't know which one... I don't, I'm not certain whether or not Transparent made the cut to move to full, um, to full series, but, yeah.
1: Interesting. See, I had no idea that was even happening.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't. I was really surprised that, like, fandom wasn't talking more about it, but then I realized that probably, like, this is really exciting for a community that doesn't necessarily like the part of the community that may not necessarily overlap with fandom. But this is from the Washington post blog. Um, Jeffrey Tambor stars in the show is Mort, a transgender woman who's preparing to come out to her family and who's spending time living in the gender identity. She plans to transition to having um, trans to yeah, plans to transition to before having surgery to change her body. Transgender characters are exceptionally rare on television, and Transparent may well be the first American show to tackle this stage of gender transition. The show also breaks with another transition in American pop culture. Rather than serving up Mort as a deviation from the norm from which the non-trans heterosexual members of his family can learn and ultimately use to spur their growth, everyone in Mort's family is analyzing their own identity. Mort's daughter, Sarah... Who is married to a man, discover Mort's plans during a tryst with one of her former lovers, a woman and his younger children, Allie um, and Josh are struggling to determine who they are professionally and sexually after years of depending on Mort financially. Hmm. So yeah, there's like a lot of interesting stuff going on, on the show. And I feel like um, it might, it might serve an interesting, you know, might serve an interesting need.
1: Yeah. I think that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they mean by late night drama.
0: I don't know either. I have so, no
1: idea, like what time shows air at.
0: Because I, I do, but I still don't know what late night drama means. So yeah,
1: I'm like, okay, T- Okay, you know. guys, sorry. Well, unless you mean unless you mean about
0: the host changes with Seth, um, with Seth Meyers going to the Late Show and Jimmy Kimmel and other stuff, and Jimmy Fallon rather.
1: Oh, I always forget that people actually watch those. Yeah, I mean, I have zero opinions on those.
0: I mean, the only nice thing that the only thing that the only two things that really stand out in my mind about that potential topic is I find Jimmy Fallon's musical stuff genuinely charming. I think that he does a lot of really interesting stuff. um, And they do just like cute bits on that show. And the other thing is that uh, Seth Meyers has a little Stefan doll on his desk. And what else do you need? Yeah, that's great um anyways moving along oh and the last thing that people asked us about was um whether or not we would ever do a standalone social network episode i could be convinced i would have to be in the right mood i would have to like really want to hate myself for a solid two hours and then the subsequent five that i would have to spend editing that
1: so good the only thing i know about the social network is the giraffe notes which are read out of desperation in kyoto but it's so cute, right? It is hella cute, but I still refuse to watch that movie. You shouldn't. That movie is crushing, and I hate everything. And yeah, you're really selling it to me here. God damn it, it's so upsetting. Look at what you've done to yourself. I can't. Are you crying? No, Jesse Eisenberg. How could you do this? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm around. Also robot. in other Jesse Eisenberg news.
0: He's playing Lex Luthor, and I'm really upset about that.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that, and I knew that, like, you would just be a mess of of feels. So, so upset about this. Like, you can't even know. He seems a little young to me to play Lex Luthor. I, that was one thing that kind of pops out at me, but the other thing
0: that's primarily upsetting me is that, you know, I'm gonna have to watch the next Superman movie now.
1: Okay, well, you have fun with that, because I will not watch it.
0: Yeah, I know, but I will be there. I'll probably be wearing a disguise, because I won't want people to know that I'm watching it.
1: (laughs) Are you going to come into work hungover the next morning and just tell people that you were out boning a hundred dudes in an alley? Uh, yeah, because that will be less embarrassing
0: than telling people that I went to see the Superman sequel, because
1: Jesse Eisenberg makes me cry. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Congratulations.
0: (laughs) Anyways.
1: We should end this.
0: We should end this. Do we have any recommendations? I don't think so. Maybe to just live better lives
1: than us? Yeah, just try not to follow our example. We are the worst.
0: Yeah, just like the opposite us.
1: Yeah, if you could be like mirror versus us, I think that would be the best.
0: Whoa, I don't know. Mirror versus us might not be like the... Do you know what I mean? They could be the evil ones.
1: Are you mmm, see? I think that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> God. I think we might be the Mirrorverse. Fuck!
0: This is like that Simpsons episode.
1: Literally cannot tell which one is the evil twin.
0: Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. Alrighty,
0: alrighty. I think that's a good place to wrap this up for this week. Yeah. Uh, and if you miss us during the week, for reasons inexplicable, you can find us on Twitter at at SlashReport or on Tumblr at slash Report, even though we don't post anything there. Uh, and that all does it for us. We'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Bye!
1: be the mirror verse <laughs> the shit that comes out of my mouth yeah that you get away with because canada because canada